G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Here we are at a time in Australia when governments, departments, organisations and activists are actively trying to minimise God in Australia. And we are seeing some of the consequences, some of the ramifications of those activities. Well, some reflection today on another one of those wonderful examples of what happens when God becomes present in the affairs of a nation. Bill Muhlenberg has been writing about General Douglas MacArthur, Christianity and the impact of Japan post-World War II. Bill, a special welcome back to 2020. Great to be back and Happy New Year. Uh, Bill, give us an idea here of what inspires you to write about Japan, because Japan's not often in our thoughts when it comes to Christianity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, good question. Uh, And as you say, Japan is largely non-Christian. It's got a small, you know, group of committed Christian missionaries there, but it's been a little bit resistant to the gospel, I suppose you could say. Not exactly a, you know, well, unlike, say, South Korea or simply Korea before the partition, which had been basically pagan uh, a little over a century ago or, you know, various religions. But uh, in a short period of Korea became Christian. So that was quite a story. So, yeah, Japan's a bit different. But, uh, look, I'm uh, I'm often, well, I am a keen fan of certainly the Second World War. I'm a fan of history. Uh, I like studying war and peace and things like that. And the Second World War is just, I don't know, it always, I think for many people, you think, you know, pretty clear, good versus evil, right and wrong. You know, Hitler trying to take over the world, the need for courage and for unity and for those to fight against the Nazis. So for me, it's always a great picture of kind of spiritual warfare, the fight we're in. So anyways, I've often thought of late, well, you know, it's amazing, Japan today, right? Um, Prosperous, free, democratic nation, but it it wasn't, certainly it wasn't that way in the 40s and earlier. It was uh, very barbaric in many ways, militaristic and feudal society. So I was thinking, well, how did... You know, we knew there was an American occupation, but how did this happen? Even things like, you know, baseball, the great American game, how'd that get to be so popular and all the rest? So I finally got a looked up. There's plenty of good books on Japan in the war, plenty of books on occupation. So I got one uh, by Seymour Morris called Supreme Commander. MacArthur's Triumph in Japan came out 2014, looked like a a good one of the many. So I got that, read it over a few days, and I was quite inspired to write a piece. And as we'll see, there's certain bits in it that especially stood out on the Christian connection. Well, the state religion of Japan is one called Shintoism. 
and uh, it was the prevailing religion at the time, the end of the Second World War. Uh, I wonder how you've reflected on how John MacArthur was tackling the religious aspects of Japan and uh, what brought about some level of change. Yeah, well, it was a huge ask, obviously, this idea of a, a occupation and to turn a nation around. I mean, there's been plenty of times where Victor has won in war and occupied enemy land, but you could probably count on one hand, right, the number of successful, if you will, occupations where, uh, you know, a really hostile and nasty nation was actually turned around by those who occupied it. Often, right, occupation, the, the occupying army does just as bad, if not worse, right? Well, think of the other front, the other theater of the Second World War, Europe, right? Uh, on the one hand, the Americans and the Allies came in and occupied Europe and Germany after uh, the war, but so too did uh, the Soviet Union. And there it was another horror story. You just look at a place like Poland, which, you know, the Nazis did horrible things. So many of the Jews obviously killed, but so much and destruction. And then the Soviets came in to Poland and did more, more massacres, more rape, more killing of the people. So you think poor nations. So yeah, how would uh, somebody like MacArthur uh, go about transforming a nation like Japan? As you say, Shintoism, the main religion, and of course, tied in with all this, the whole idea of emperor worship, right? The emperor, Japanese emperor, was almost seen as a divine figure. And there is a connection then between the religion, between him, between the military, and a lot of hardcore military people, well, it's debate how much, but tried to use the emperor for their purposes to take over, right? First of all, bomb Pearl Harbor, take over Asia, take over much of the world as Hitler is trying to do. So they use religion, at least state religion, as an excuse. And there is this close connection between political and military endeavors and uh, religious. So, um Part of the task MacArthur was given to was how do we kind of separate this a bit? How do we, you know, in a good sense of the word, separate church and state? Because at the moment, it's a very feudal, uh, religious-based nation, which has got a lot of bad ideas, including how they treated people and wanting to take over much of Asia, including Australia. So a big ask, a big task for MacArthur. So, yeah, a good hunk of the book deals with not just the obvious political changes, the social changes. I mean, he had a nation of people starving after the war, so he had to do very practical things, feed the people, show them that we care as Americans, and they did a lot of good to feed the people and turn all that around in a few short years. But this bigger historical problem, church and state, church and nation, how do you deal with that? So, yeah, some good chapters in the book looking at how MacArthur managed to try to turn all that around. So from Shintoism uh, to eventually the emperor renouncing his divinity. Mm. Now, that's got all sorts of, you know, you can think of Daniel and his friends yeah. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and bowing down to images and all sorts of things when you've got the emperor who claims to be divine. Uh, but yeah. he took that on to a uh, the creation of a new constitution. I wonder mm. how you've got any thoughts about that and uh, any sort of Christian 
Christian connection in the way that a new constitution might look at things differently? Yeah, again, huge ask. Uh, you know, today we're so hyper with our woke religion of, you know, everything basically America and the West has done has been evil. We only harm people when we go into other countries. Colonialism was a great evil. Spreading Christianity and the missionary work, that was all evil. So there's a whole lot of bad rap about what the West has done, especially America. So you could easily see how it could be disastrous here, right? Here comes the imperialistic Americans going to march into Japan and take it over, occupy it. But, hey, the Japanese very early on learned to love MacArthur and the Americans. Uh, as I say, early on feeding so many millions who were starving, he made that a priority. He didn't try to stamp out and wipe out the nation. In fact, he wanted to preserve much of the history and the culture of Japan, right? This was a very wise and careful and uh, important uh, role of leadership that MacArthur showed. You know, you want to keep the people on side. You don't want to turn them off. So, yeah, even in the rewriting of the Constitution, even in thinking about Shintoism, the emperor, how can we preserve what might be good and okay and yet kind of undo all the bad bits. So um, I guess really the main reason I wrote this piece is there was something right in the middle of the book that really got my attention. Uh, for example, the very first uh, December, December 1945 of the occupation, MacArthur wanted to have Christmas trees and Christmas lights everywhere. Sure, Christianity was not uh, at all a part of uh, Japanese culture, but he wanted to have a festive season for one, but two, he wanted to promote what Christianity was all about. And so at one point, there's a very telling paragraph where he said uh, in November of 45, he brought in four Protestant leaders, and it was very enthusiastic about that. He said Japan had a spiritual vacuum, and he said if we don't fill that with Christianity, it'll be filled with communism. And communists were a real threat in Japan at the time. So at one point, he said, I want to bring in a thousand missionaries to Japan, and I want to bring in 10,000 Bibles. So that was his passion. He was, uh, you know, would you call MacArthur a Christian? Well, hard to say. He was certainly keen about Christianity and its goods. So he had this idea, 1,000 missionaries, 10,000 Bibles, but sadly his staff thought, oh, that might be going a bit too far, pushing things too much. So at the end of the day, they talked him out of doing that. But the very fact that he wanted to uh, and the very fact that he thought Christianity was going to what could really transform this nation, that was always a part of his way of thinking. So quite interesting. How would things have differed perhaps if those Bibles and missionaries came in? You know, would, be, would Japan be even more open to the gospel today and so on? Sure, he did very well. Again, uh, democracy, prosperous rule of law, freedom, you know, this is a great success story of turning around a very different society. But this bit on Christianity, how much more might have happened had MacArthur got his way. So, yeah, for me, is again, a lover of history, lover of uh, the Christian uh, mission, 
and how Second World War panned out. Oh, for me, all this was quite interesting. And uh, again, for me, it showed, look, one person could have the power to really turn around the culture, maybe even the religion of a whole nation. So interesting stuff. You highlight the fact that he was not a churchman, John MacArthur, but that he definitely was religious and Mm. he would speak in religious terms, talk about religious principles rather than Christian principles. Uh, There's something special in the word religious, isn't there? Uh, Depending on how you interpret that, of course. But, of course, he was speaking from a Christian position. And and, uh, so discussing religion becomes an important element of being able to recognize uh, that there is a transcendent God and that there are some ways towards peace. So uh, as you say, there's some some really wonderful successes in this story, Mm -hmm. but then you wonder how far it might have gone uh, had he been able to take things a step further. Bill, always just great talking to you. Look forward to lots of good conversations through the coming year. Uh, let me point listeners to have a check on this particular article we're talking about today. It is an inspiration. Uh, you'll find it at com or simply Google Culture Watch One Word. It's entitled Douglas MacArthur, Christianity and Japan. Bill Muhlenberg, thanks so much for an update today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 